The Boost Podcast serves an energetic community of business leaders, entrepreneurs, and individuals who are growth-minded. If you, your business, or organization would like to share your service, product, or expertise with the Boost Podcast community, contact Kelly Leonard. Email kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Again, that's kelly.leonard at taylor-leonard.com. Welcome to the Boost Podcast with Kelly Leonard. The podcast providing you with immediate access to tools, tips, and tactics to boost your business and career success. Build your brand, optimize relationships, obtain more leads, secure thought leadership space, and tap into new markets. It's the Boost Podcast. And now, here's Kelly Leonard. Hello and welcome back to the Boost Podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Leonard. Nick Gray is an entrepreneur and best-selling author living in Austin, Texas. He started and sold two successful companies, Flight Display Systems and Museum Hack. Nick is the author of The Two-Hour Cocktail Party, a step-by-step handbook that teaches you how to build big relationships by hosting small gatherings in your home. He's been featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and New York Magazine called him the host of culturally significant parties. And over 75,000 people have watched his TEDx talk about why he hates most museums. Today, Nick and I chat about building your brand, optimizing relationships, and obtaining more leads. Hey, Nick, welcome to the Boost Podcast. Hello, I'm so excited to talk about parties and networking and relationships and all that stuff. I'm excited as well. And I know you hail, if I'm not mistaken, from Austin, Texas. That's correct. I live in Austin right now, although I was in New York City for like 13 years. Oh, nice. Two very fun cities. And so side note, I digress. I was just out in Austin for South by Southwest. And I know you'll probably give me the side eye because it's like, Folks in Austin call it South by, not South by Southwest. So you're showing your novice, <laughs> but it was such no, a fun time in a great city. It is such a cool city. And I mean, it's just action packed. I was working events almost every single night during South by, and I just moved here. So I moved to Austin two years ago and it was a wild new experience for me. Wow. Wow. So fo- for folks who are listening and tuning in and hearing the name Nick Gray for the first time, tell us a little bit about yourself. It was probably everybody, unless when I send my mom this link, then she <laughs> will be like, I know that's my son. Uh, so my name is Nick Gray. I used to live in New York City. I think I was like famous for 10 seconds on the internet many years ago. I started this thing called Museum Hack, and we did renegade museum tours at some of the biggest, best museums in America. Oh, I got kind of a following for that. What was special was that I hired stand-up comedians and Broadway actors to be the museum tour guides. And they worked for me, not the museum. So we would tell the juicy gossip and the backstories. So that was my last business. And I started it based on a network of relationships that I built. And that's what I'm excited to chat about. But let's be honest. I'll talk about whatever Kelly wants me to talk about. (laughs) Good stuff. Good stuff, Nick. And you know that I love to network. And so I am excited to dig in more. I know you're the author of The Two-Hour Cocktail Party. And so I would love to learn more 
about just the concept, where the concept came from. So how it originated, what was that thing that inspired you to even create the two-hour cocktail party? Kelly, I was tired of going to bad networking events. Have you, I see you smiling because we have our video on, and but but do you know what I'm talking about when you go to one of these and it's, I don't know, either one of two things, either one, it's too loud and it's too dark and you can't talk to anybody and you're yelling and it's just, there's no facilitation, that's one. Or the other, the other end is that like everybody's got their business cards out and they're all trying to get something from you. Do you know what I mean? Have you been to something like that? Oh, absolutely. And it's so funny that you should say too loud and too dark because I know just judging by the way that you look, I guess that you are several years my junior. And so I always think that it's just my age. Like, why is it so dark in here? Why is the music so loud? No, that is me too. We're probably the same age. I feel the same way. Look, how silly is it that an event meant to create connections makes it harder to create connections? And like my how or my why just succinctly is that I went to a lot of bad events and I would leave them feeling frankly sad and a little depressed. Like it was my fault that I wasn't some extrovert, outgoing, glad hander. And I said, wait, something's wrong with this. There's got to be a better way. So instead of going to bad events, I learned how to host my own. And I taught a couple people how to do it as well. It it was a Google Doc that got shared around because I found that there was a formula. After hosting hundreds of happy hours, networking events, dinner parties, cocktail parties, I found there was a formula to any good event. And this applies, by the way, to a book swap, a baby shower, any type of gathering. And I taught it to folks. And we all came out of lockdowns and everybody's a little more awkward and they just need a little more help and coaching, especially for introverts, people with social anxiety. So that's my how and my why. Wow. Well, okay. So I hear the why of why you started it, but then why do you think it's important or why should people consider hosting a party? What I found was that in order to meet interesting people, I had to do interesting things. And the secret way to be interesting fast is to learn how to host a good event. Because I don't know if you have this experience, but I found that everyone wants to be invited to a party. Everyone wants to be invited to something interesting where they will meet some other people, It's a good time versus, I don't know, you probably have this, Kelly, where people reach out to you. They're like, Kelly, I'd love to meet for a cup of coffee and pick your brain. And I'm, I, I have done that myself. So I'm not trying to down talk, but busy people, it's hard to pin them down for something like that. And I found a cocktail party was a great way for me to build my network and add value to 15 or 20 people in the same time it took me to watch a movie on Netflix I could welcome them into my home, be very generous, offer them beverages, and introduce them to my network. And it really was a win-win situation. I'm worried I'm talking too much, so I'm going to shut up. No, you're great. The thing that I'm pondering and processing and that I'd be interested, because of course I'm putting myself in our listeners' shoes. And one of the things that you said to meet interesting people you have to do interesting things. 
And so I immediately started sweating about, oh my gosh, but then does that mean that my gathering is going to need to be super interesting? And what does that mean? What does that entail? What if I don't know what to do? So I would be curious to know, um, you know, what are some of those interesting aspects that you could bring into a, a gathering such as a party? I'm so glad that you asked because not a magician or a petting zoo, although I have done both. But I will tell you this, the bar is so low for a good networking event, for a good happy hour, that you can do what I consider the bare minimum, the minimum viable party, and everybody will compliment you and think that you're an amazing host. Here is what is included. I'll tell you all the secrets from my book, the actionable tactical stuff. Think about my name, Nick, N-I-C-K. It is the Nick party formula. N for name tags. You're going to do name tags. Even if you think it's cringe, I promise you name tags are great. They help introverts, they help shy people, and they help people like me who are very bad with names. Uh By the way, many people who are hosting events are like, but I know all my neighbors. Well, if there are 15 people in a room, do you know how many interpersonal relationships are among each and every one of those 15? You may know everyone's names. I promise you, not everybody else does. We don't always do them for you. We do them for our guests. Mm. I'll pause and just think, what do you think about the name tags? I love it because it also takes some of the pressure off because, you know, in the heat of a moment or heat of a conversation, I don't know, sometimes I just have a lapse, like a, like a memory laps and I'll forget someone, even though I've known someone for years, I'll forget their name. And so I like that. It takes some of the pressure off of trying to remember everyone's names. Name tags are just so much and I will die on this hill. It's in chapter five of my book called the two hour cocktail party, but I also wrote a blog post about it and I'll put that in the show notes. And is named, I'm going to just go through the formula because this is what you do to make your party interesting. And people will think you're an amazing host. I stands for icebreakers. Now, these aren't the silly, childish icebreakers, although they are very simple. Icebreakers get a bad rep because they're usually done poorly. We're not trying to think of a creative question. We're simply trying to give people an opportunity to do a roll call to know who else is in the room. So the common icebreaker that I do at the beginning of my parties when there's no rapport built up is, say your name, Say what you do for work or how you spend your days. And then tell me one of your favorite things that you like for breakfast. Okay. That's an easy one. It's simple. It's not a burn teaser. And it doesn't cause these people, some people lock up and they Mm -hmm. spend the whole icebreaker thinking about the perfect answer to impress other people. We don't want that. So I, as the icebreaker, I, there's good and bad ways to do this, but you should do it. Even if you just ask Eamon what you do. It gives everybody a chance because what if Kelly goes to a party and there's somebody else there who does leadership coaching? There's somebody else there who has a popular podcast. She may want to meet them. And you do that roll call. So it's not up to us to just physically bump into somebody, ask every single person, oh, what do you do? What do you do? We do that during the icebreaker. So I'll pause. What do you think about the icebreaker? I love it. I love the idea of the icebreaker. Now, I would be curious to know, because it's the expectation in setting the time that we're presupposing that everyone's going to arrive on time. You know how we've got late 
late birds who come in and maybe halfway through. So do you structure the icebreaker such that it's like at a median point or do you try to do it as early at the start, the start time of the event as you possibly can? See, I can tell that you're an overachiever if you're asking the right <laughs> questions, which is good. And I like that. And the direct answer is you will run two and a half icebreakers, but also you will be shocked that when you follow my formula, people will show up on time to a crazy degree. And one of the reasons why is that it's a two hour cocktail party. Um. When you set, this is something your listeners can do right now for their next event. You must set both a start time and an end time. When you do not set an end time, you extend what I call the awkward zone. The awkward zone happens at every gathering. It's the first 10, 20, 30, sometimes even hour when nobody really shows up. They want to be, you know, casually late. They're running this calculus in their head. Okay, well, it's a barbecue at three, but the host is from Central America, but they're serving brisket. So the brisket won't be ready. Well, we'll show up at 530. <laughs> right. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. But when you do a two-hour party, people show up on time. And the other thing is you should host your party only on a Monday, a Tuesday, or a Wednesday night. I'll tell you why. Those are not socially competitive nights. Now, the number one fear for a new host is that no one will show up. They're terrified. They, they're so worried that nobody will show up. And people don't show up because you get bumped for other events. You have family responsibilities, other things. When you host a two-hour gathering on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday night, it gives people time to eat, time to finish up their workday, and time to go home because we got to sleep. We got stuff to do. So wait, okay. So you've got this Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday formula. What about what time? Because you did mention eating and sleeping and all the, so is, have you mm -hmm. found that there's an ideal time and then you've got traffic and rush hour and all these other mm -hmm. things. So do tell me. So, when I was in New York city, I found for the hundreds of events and I tested many different times for me in New York, seven to 9 PM was best. However, now in Austin, Texas, people wake up up earlier, they finish work earlier, happy hours are earlier. And in Austin, it's a little more common to have maybe 5.30 to 7.30, 6 to 8. This is a cultural thing. And you'll test your times with a group that I call your core group. That is your first five invitations. You. This is another place that people make mistakes that your listeners can do immediately. Do not spray and pray your party invitations need to confidentially message and invite your five close friends, your neighbors, your colleagues, say something like this. Hey, I'm thinking of hosting a happy hour with Kelly. We're going to do it in three weeks on Wednesday night from 7 to 9 p.m. If we do it, would you come? And your goal is to get five close friends or acquaintances or colleagues, five people to say yes. If they say yes, now you are off to the races and now you can invite more people. Now, RSVPs. But if you can't even get those five yeses, then you're going to pick another date and time. So that's like some tactical nuts and bolts of party planning that I found really help. And now the goal is how many people total at this gathering? I have found that the magic number is 15 to 20 less than 15 and there's not enough energy in the room. And that's what I'm talking about with that interesting party. 
if you walk into a room that's all standing, it's about 10 people, you just, you can know that you're going to talk to everybody. But with 15, you really probably won't get a chance to talk to everybody. And the energy and the conversations, the secret is that less than 15, it's actually more work for you as a host. Mm -hmm. You have to babysit the conversations. You know what I mean? Yes. You have to like guide people. But don't do them in 20 because more than 20 and then the icebreakers take too long. It's a little bit too much to manage. I mean, who knows if you, I'm sure if you do this, Kelly, you're the type of person that's like, great. I love it. I'm off to you're like 45 RSVPs, Nick. I'm like, no. Right. Right. I get it. I get it. Thank you for that. Okay. So we've got N, we've got I, what's C? C stands for cocktails only no dinner. Many people, especially entrepreneurs, get the idea that they want to host a dinner party or a mastermind. And that's fine if you're very experienced. But know that the facilitation requirements for a good dinner are rather advanced. And my goal is to help anyone learn how to be a host. So I found let's walk before we run. Let's just learn how to host a good cocktail. By the way, dinner parties, it's not about the food. It's about the people. Yeah, I know too many people that will spend all day sweating and, and steaming and, and preparing and mostly just stressing about the food. I don't think at all about the people and the conversations. Here's what I say. I would rather have someone leave my party hungry than bored. That's true. My friends are adults. They can feed themselves. Thank you. <laughs> okay. I'm not... I'm not mean. I let, I know them serving them and there's a time and a place for that. But for something like this, I say, do not serve dinner. You can serve simple snacks only salted nuts, chips, guacamole, hummus, some vegetables, but not a served dinner. Reduce the stress so that this will be a successful event. Cause I'll tell you what successful people do regularly what others only do occasionally. Mm -hmm. And if you can learn to make hosting a habit, it can completely change your life. So that's the C, cocktails only. Okay. And then what's our K? Now K, I don't know. You might not like this. K uh -oh. stands for kick them out at the end. <laughs> kick okay. them out. Your party is only two hours. And here's the thing. If I'm going to teach you and show you through my method, the two-hour cocktail party, how to host a good event. What I say is anyone can teach you how to throw one party that you'll never do again. I'm trying to show you a formula that is repeatable because you should be going through life collecting every interesting person that you met. You want them in your world. You want to connect them to other people you know. And the best way to do that is by hosting a gathering. Plus, we need gathering. Hold on, can I just get my soapbox? We need to gather in person. You know, I'm I'm digitally saturated. I spend a disgusting amount of time on my phone. I'm embarrassed about it. But I want to gather. I want to get my friends together. I want to talk in person. And I think our country and I think that professionals need more of just getting together in person. So that's my that's my big mission. I I agree with that. And so one thing that you said that I thought was interesting, well, you've said so many things that are interesting, but one of the last things that you said was this whole notion of you're wanting to help people to make hosting a habit. And so when I think of habit, I think of commitment. 
And when I think of commitment, I think of, okay, Nick, Gray, how frequently are you asking us to host these two-hour cocktail parties? So just like the time that depends on the culture, hosting depends on your own internal battery. Now, there's this one guy who read my book, and he lives in Phoenix, and he just moved there, and he read my book. He said, I want to do this and go crazy, and he's hosting every single month. Okay, because he's committed and he's out there every single day. You know, he has a lot more energy. Uh, Some people do it once a quarter and they do it just once a quarter. But what I would say is anything is better than what most people do now. And at most, most people will host once a year now for their birthday, for their kids' birthdays or something. They're not just doing a happy hour. And that's what I want to encourage you to do is do not think about a gathering that has to be done for a holiday, a special date. Just get people together. Your friends, some of your friends will have not been invited to anything in months. Your invitation and your party will mean so much more to them than you can even imagine. And the connections that will come out of your party will blow your mind. I've seen it happen. So I'm assuming that you're not inviting the same people over and over again, though, right? Because the idea is to cast a a wider net and to just be in this space to just expand your network, right? Yes, exactly. I say there's new people every time. I, I find about half repeat guests and half new people. But again, let this balance with your cadence. If you're only hosting once a quarter then of course, invite the same people if you want. But one of the purposes of these parties is for you to meet new people and to bring new people into your life to help you build those new relationships. I love it. I love it. So I know you've talked about a lot of different things that we should be doing, and you also sprinkled in a handful of mistakes and things not to do. But if you had to say one, like, if you hear nothing more from me, during this session, please do not do fill in the blank. What would you say is a huge mistake that you have found that people make that you want to sort of set them up for success for now? So what would that one thing be to avoid? You need to collect RSVPs to your party using an online event platform. The one that I use, like, and recommend is called Mixily. It's spelled M-I-X-I-L-Y. I have no affiliation. It's free. There's no ads. There's no spam. I like that better than Evite and Eventbrite, okay. which I find have a lot of ads and spam and registration. The youth, the Gen Z, like this platform called um, um, Partyful, P-A-R-T-I-F-U-L, But just collect your RSVPs. Why? Because you then need to send reminder messages. You need to keep your party top of mind. I suggest sending three reminders. One, that's one week before. The second one, that's three or four days before. And the last and final reminder message is the morning of your event. Well, Nick, I know we're towards the end of our time. This has been extraordinary. If folks are listening in and they want to tap in to your magical, your secret sauce, your secret sauce, the Nick formula. What's the best way for folks to get and stay in touch with you? Well, I'm at Nick Gray News, N-E-W-S on all social media platforms. The name of my book is To Our Cocktail Party. It's available wherever books are sold. I also recorded the Audible myself. So 
I think it's fun. It's fun recording and it's good to listen to. And then I'm going to send some links to the show notes about how you can use this to host a baby shower, a housewarming party, how you can use the two hour cocktail party as an operating system for a networking event, a company happy hour, all those things. Um, yeah. Um, I have a newsletter too. It's called Nick's Friends Newsletter. And I just include fun movies I've seen and great books and stuff like that. Love it. Love it. Love it. So folks, please tap into the show notes to learn more and to just stay in touch with Nick. Nick, it has been extraordinary connecting with you. I'm excited about what you're doing because yes, I'm a big fan as well as we're coming out of the pandemic. I think it's it's being in community with one another is just magical for the soul and for the spirit. And so I appreciate the fact that you are committed to bringing communities together. So thank you for your work. Thank you so much. I think we can all use a new friend. More parties. Absolutely. Well, that concludes this episode of the Boost Podcast. Thank you again for listening in. If you don't mind, if you could like, subscribe, or share the podcast with a friend, I would greatly appreciate it. For more information on anything Boost related, you can visit our website at www.kellytleonard.com. 